today's date is uh, Friday, uh, March 22nd. I'm speaking with uh, former uh, WWE head of uh, creative, former TNA head of creative, and former WCW head of creative, uh, Vince Russo. Uh, Vince, we have uh, WrestleMania season it, we, is well underway. Uh, we're going to have WrestleMania uh, weekend uh, right around the corner. Um, it's going to be close uh, uh, to the... It's, it's in New Jersey. You're from uh, the New York area. Um, uh, are you? Do you have any plans to be around uh, WrestleMania weekend events uh, coming up in the next couple weeks? Bro, are you nuts, bro? Let me <laughs> let me tell you what's happening around the uh, start of WrestleMania season. What's happening around the start of WrestleMania season is uh, Major League Baseball kicks off, bro. Next Thursday is the first official day of Major League Baseball season, and I am far and away a much, much bigger fan of baseball than I am wrestling. So I'm looking forward to that uh, season started. I got my fantasy teams in place. I'll be honest with you, bro, and, you know, people can call me bitter. You call me whatever you want. I have zero interest in WrestleMania. It's bad enough, bro, that I have to watch it because, um, you know, I have a podcast. I podcast every day of the week over at Russo'sBrand.com. Um, I do shows every day of the week, so watching wrestling and watching WrestleMania is part of my job. Um, if it wasn't part of my job and it was not, you know, earning me a paycheck, um, I would have zero interest in watching WrestleMania. So, Vince, with baseball starting, do you know what that means? What does that mean? It means uh, we're going to look forward to another World Series win uh, by the Houston Astros. Who will hey, become the champions bro, are, again? Are you an Astros guy? I'm from Houston, actually. So yeah, bro, I am an Astros I pre- guy. I predicted them to win it last year. I thought they were going to repeat last year. I, I thought, yeah, I thought far and away they had the best pitching, and uh, they didn't get the job done. But they'll definitely be up there again. You know, you know what? I had a good feeling last year, and uh, man, the Boston Red Sox—they were just uh, a monster last season, and. After we were knocked off by the uh, the Red Sox, I'm like, okay, the Dodgers are there again. I'll get let's let let the Dodgers do it this time. The Dodgers were good sports about losing in L.A. the year before, um, but the Dodgers just can't get it done. Um, you know that that they can't get it done in the playoffs or or the World Series. So, but hey, well, bro, thanks I'm, thanks I'm, for I'm that. Happy for you because you got a lot to look forward to. The Astros have a great team. The Astros have a, a young team. Unfortunately, bro, because I am from the New York area, my father was a old New York Giants fan and when the Giants moved to the West Coast, my father didn't change stripes. So, I grew up a San Francisco Giants fan. Um, and unfortunately, I mean, they're going to lose 90-plus again this year. So, you know, I'm glad that your team's good, bro, and you'll have something to root for the whole year. Okay, and who is your team? The Giants, San Francisco. Okay, okay, cool, cool. So um, a lot to look forward to with that. So um, we have your plans down uh, for, for WrestleMania season. Now, there's, there's a lot of talk about, if I can ask you, what – the main event might be for WrestleMania 35. I mean, since you are keeping up with the product, we have Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. Uh, the other world title match we think might be Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan, and the Raw Women's Title match, uh, Ronda Rousey 
versus Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch. Uh, do you think this is the year that women are going to main event WrestleMania? No, I don't think so, bro, because like um, I would think um, and I bro, I don't have any inside information. I'm not one of these guys that calls around. I mean, I because I don't care. I, I mean, literally, it's not important to me. But I would think and I would believe that they're going to put the title on Seth Rollins. And if that's what they're going to do, then that's how they have to, you know, end WrestleMania. I mean, that's the WrestleMania moment, you know, Seth Rollins beating Brock Lesnar. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, nothing against the women, nothing against, you know, Daniel Bryan and Kofi. But, you know, with the WWE, that is the WrestleMania moment. And I would think that's how they have to end the show. But with the the whole women's revolution and how... You know, Ronda Rousey, an Olympic medalist, UFC champion, has come in, has dominated the WWE in the women's division. Would this be a great opportunity to sort of capitalize on that movement and sort of maybe give give the 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 moment to Becky Lynch to end the show? Yeah, I, I mean, um, yeah, it, it could be, bro, and I'm not arguing that at all. But you know, again, just keeping in mind. You know, having worked for the WWE and, you know, I mean, you know, again, with my podcast now having followed them closely, I just know how they work. And if I'm just going by, um, you know, um, you know, just their behavior and the pattern, you know, it's all about that WrestleMania moment. I mean, yesterday on my, um, you know, I got a show on Westwood One, Truth with po- uh, Truth with Consequences, and we looked at, you know, WrestleMania 10, uh, and WrestleMania 10 ended with that Bret Hart moment. That's what they look for, bro. You know, that's the footage that they'll play over and over and over again. And that's why I just have to believe the most important thing for them that's going to happen on that show is Seth Rollins winning the title. Now, I could be totally wrong, um, but but again, I'm just going by patterns and the way they do business. Well, I mean, I, I definitely see the parallels with Yokozuna and Brock Lesnar and Bret Hart conquering like that unconquerable monster. And I mean, you know, you definitely have that you definitely have that storyline going in because Lesnar's held held the belt for so long and he even beat Roman Reigns in the main event last year. So that I definitely could see why they would go for that um, for that type of uh, storyline. Yeah, but again, you know, I'm I'm just going, uh, you know, like, you know, like a, a fan or like anybody else. Right. I don't have any inside information. Um, I'm just really going by the WWE pattern and the way they do business, and I mean that—that's what I would think. I, I mean, I no, I totally understand. I just kind of, I'm just kind of curious, like where to get your feeling on where you think they might go. Not so much that you might have some inside info on it, right? Um, yeah, that's what I—that's that, what I would think. I mean, that's the way I think they've set the table here. What do you think of uh, how how the handling of Ronda Rousey in in recent weeks? Um, recently, her character has sort of gone through a major shift. Um, she's sort of come out and she's gotten a lot of controversy online, you know, for making comments like "wrestling is scripted." I own this place, blah, blah, blah. I, I own all these women, blah, blah, blah. Uh, her husband, a UFC fighter, has shown up on TV. There's kind of this, um, to use some insider terms, that there's a, a work shoot sort of style with Ronda right now. 
um, and they sort of they've had her sort of turn heel, and I'm just curious what you think of that because some of this seems reminiscent of your sort of era. Yeah, well, I mean, bro, that should have been Ronda's character out the shoot. You know, they they totally killed Ronda Rousey's character when they came over. Um, I, you know, I, I swear to God, bro, when when I look at it now, I, I I literally ask myself the question: Like, did Vince McMahon like even know who Ronda Rousey was? Did he have any idea who she was? Did he watch UFC? Did he watch her over there? Did he watch any of her interviews? Because you know, again, in typical WWE style, we're, you know, we're gonna sign Ronda Rousey and we're gonna make her a baby face and give her all the baby face attributes. She's gonna come down the ramp smiling and she's gonna give away her gloves to the kid. All that WWE bullshit, and that was never Ronda Rousey in the first place. You know, they, they literally, um, you know, they, they literally put her in a position where she had to act. She wasn't being natural. She was trying to be somebody she wasn't. And they did so much ca- uh, damage to that character coming out of the shoot. And, 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 and again, like the WWE, um, because they, they don't get it right the first time. Oh, uh, well, now we got to circle it around. That didn't work. So now we got to make her a heel. Um, but, you know, and you could tell in this role, she is much, much more comfortable. And that should be the story. She comes from the MMA world. She should be able to kill any any woman in the wrestling business. That should have been the story from the get-go. You know, it took them, you know, they had to make mistakes first to come around to it. Um, I, I love the touch of her husband being there last week i thought that was great um but you know you know like i said i just i don't understand you know why you know again you know typical vince you know to typical fashion you know she's gonna be a baby face and you know and 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 they just killed her coming out of the gate uh now not to pile on to wwe but sometimes it gets expressed that perhaps WWE and Vince McMahon are, are out of touch with their audience and, and out of step with their audience. And I'll give you an example. Like now they're pushing Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin at WrestleMania, which is supposed to be Kurt Angle's final match of his wrestling career. And the reaction so far has been negative and, the, and they're sort of making that a part of the storyline on TV. And I'm like, well... This is Kurt Angle's last match, and do do you really want do you really want that as part of your storyline that fans just aren't into it? You know, when you remember Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair at WrestleMania or something like that, um, and, and it just seems like WWE just rather than simply trying to give the fans what they want, they try to do things their way without really listening to the audience. Well, bro, there's more to it than that. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with giving the fans what they want. I don't think it has anything to do with them doing it their way. Here's what it has to do, bro. I worked for the WWE. Okay, so, bro, I'm not talking out of um, I'm not talking out of school here. They are a very, very vindictive company. Okay, bro, and and they will they will they will you know personally. Um, embarrass, belittle, degrade, 
punish a WWE talent, bro. Um, in in total total disregard to what the fans think, what's the right thing to do. That's exactly what they do, bro. I know Kurt Angle, and look at the history of Kurt Angle, bro. Kurt Angle left the WWE and went to TNA. That was Kurt Angle's decision. Now, bro, I've learned better than anybody. When you leave the WWE and you leave them and it's your choice to walk away, when you make that decision, bro, you are blackballed. You are the enemy. Nobody walks away from us. We fire you. Nobody walks away from us. So trust me, bro, the way I've been treated, I understand clearly when you walk away on your own terms, you are the enemy that will go out of their way to bury you and make you look bad. That's exactly what they've done with Kurt Angle from day one, bro. They brought him in as the uh, authority figure. Stephanie McMahon cut off his nutsack every single week. Kurt Angle never got a payback. He had to sit there with his hands on his crotch. Finally, bro, you know, he's going to have his last match, his last big match. And who is it against? Baron Corbin. That's their way of getting back at Kurt Angle, bro. They're childish. They're juvenile. That's the way they've always been. That's why, like, I have zero interest in, in ever going to work for that company again on a full-time basis because of things like this. Thank God Kurt Angle is a pro. Kurt Angle knows what's going on. Uh, Kurt Angle expected it. You know, Kurt Angle had to beg them to even take him back. And thank God, bro, I'm sure he's making good money and he's laughing all the way to the bank. But that's just the vindictive nature of the WWE, bro. That's the way they've done business. That's the way that they'll always do business. Okay, well said. Now, I guess moving on from that, uh, AEW All Elite Wrestling, uh, which is going to be debuting uh, May 25th with Double or Nothing. Now, what I think is interesting is that we're hearing a lot of stories about uh, WWE superstars who are approaching the end of their contracts who are maybe trying to look at the lay of the land and maybe thinking about making a jump to another promotion and WWE is concerned about talents leaving. Now, I don't know how true this is, but the way it looks like to me is that even if it's temporary, the boy, uh, the, the, the guys and women, they have, le- they have a bit of leverage and they're using it right now to maybe get bigger deals in WWE or maybe possibly signing a big money contract elsewhere. Do you think this is a good thing for the business and in talent having leverage again? Oh no, bro, listen, any any time that more work is involved, I mean, that's a great thing for the business, boy. That's that's a great thing for the boys. I mean, I'm pro boy, bro. When I when I when I was working at freaking TNA and I was asked flat out by one of the wrestlers, do you think the wrestlers should unionize? While I was working for TNA and it could have got me fired, I said absolutely yes without a doubt. So I am pro wrestler, bro. I've always been pro wrestler. If this means, you know, more money for the wrestlers, more jobs, bigger paydays, I, I am 100% for it. Should WWE be worried about AEW because, I mean, look, they're, they've already sold out the MGM Grand Garden Arena. 
when WWE has a bit of a, a fan attendance issue right now, and they do have the backing of uh, of two billionaires in, in, in the Khan family. I, I, bro, I don't think so. I mean, I, I'm just being honest with you. As much as I would like to say yes, I mean, I don't think so. You know, the WWE has been the only game in town for so long I mean, bro, when you look at the Saudi Arabia deal, when you look at the Fox deal and, you know, look, you look at the money they're bringing in because, quite frankly, they've been the only game in town for such a long period of time. I, I think to think the WWE is in trouble, I, I, I think that's silly to believe. And, and like, bro, let, let, let's be honest. Um, you know, I, I mean, there's such a level of arrogance when it comes to the WWE that I would love to see somebody come along. That's a threat. I, I really would because, you know, it would take them down a few notches and maybe force them to put their egos in check. But, you know, bro, the fact that they've been the only game in town for so long. And, and you know, I mean, I, I think it's great, bro, that AEW sold out the MGM Grand. But, you know, bro, you're talking about, you know, OK, bro, they sold out all in. And now six months later, there's another big show that they sold out. Bro, of course they can sell out big shows. I mean, there, there's no doubt in my mind if they ran one big show every three or four months, it would be a sellout. No doubt in my mind. But, I mean, bro, when you're talking about competing with Vince McMahon, I mean, we're not talking about four shows a, a, a year. I mean, you're talking about TV. You're talking about, you know, weekly programming. You're talking about house shows. I mean, there's so many areas um, that you have to compete with them from. And I mean, starting at ground zero, that's not easy. And again, I could tell you that based on experience with TNA. Um, that's what we experienced at TNA. So um, I want them to be successful, bro. I want the boys to make money. But I mean, them being a serious threat to the WWE, I mean, I, I just, I, I don't know about that. Uh, now, if we could rewind a little bit, if you could take me back to TNA in 2006. Um, at the time, I thought, if there was one guy you want to build the company around and there's one guy you want to put the rocket ship on and build your roster around and make the face of your company, it was Samoa Joe. And I guess what was what was happening in TNA that they just didn't see Samoa Joe as that guy? Was it was it Samoa? Did Samoa Joe have an attitude problem? Was he tough to work with? Was well, it, it, it? It was a couple of things, okay. bro. You know, and again, I, I want to clarify this with people because I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to have heat with Joe, and then people are going to hate me. I worked with Samoa Joe for okay. a very long time. As a human being, forget the wrestling, forget the business. I'm talking about as a human being. I thought Joe was a great guy. I loved Joe. He was a family man. Um, he was a stand-up guy. Um, so from a personal level, I, I love the guy, okay? But now we got to look at the professional level. And there were two sides of it to me why Joe was never the top guy um, at TNA. And I'll be honest with you, bro. I still see the same traits at the WWE. Now, you got to understand, this is my professional opinion, 
And that's all it is, is my professional opinion. It has nothing to do about how I feel about the guy as a man. Number one, one of the problems we had with Joe at TNA is, bro, keep in mind, because of of finance um, um, constraints, many times, bro, we would have to shoot like five, six, seven, sometimes two months worth of TV. So sometimes all the talent would come. We would shoot either a month of TV, six weeks of TV, eight weeks of TV, whatever it would be, and then they would come back and we would shoot the next month or the next two months. It wasn't weekly, bro. Well, bro, one of the problems you know that we had with Joe, and I still see it today, was his weight would always fluctuate. And sometimes, you know, Joe would come to TV tapings looking great. And then we would see him in two months and he would have put on a lot of weight. And we would have to say, Joe, bro, you got to get in shape, blah, blah, blah. He would come back to the next TV looking slim, looking great. And then the next TV, he would come back and he put the weight back on. So there, there was really, you know, inconsistency with his physical appearance. And, bro, the weight really played into his work. So you, we never knew what Samoa Joe we were going to get. Um, and bro, listen, I'm, I, I'm, I'm 58 years old. I'm a fat slob, bro. I just got back from cardio now. I hate doing cardio. I hate dieting. I know how difficult that is. I, I mean, but on the other side of the coin, I'm not a, I, I, I'm not a professional wrestler for a living. I mean, when you're a professional wrestler, that's kind of part of the routine, the diet and the working out and the, the being in shape. So we, we never knew what Joe was going to show up for TV tapings. And, and number two for me, you know, being a writer and being a producer and bro, part of this was on me. I take responsibility for this. I worked with them for a long time. To me, Joe is very one dimensional. You know, he, he cuts those promos. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to eat you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, straight away in the promo, close-up shot, spitting at the camera. That's one-dimensional, bro. And, like, after you hear it over and over and over again, and I'm going to go out, I'm going to do this to AJ, I'm going to do this to this one, I'm going to do this to that one, and then you lose, you have no credibility. You know, bro, Bret Hart taught me, like, I'm, I'm going back, 20 years ago, Bret Hart said to me, Vince, before I cut a promo, I know who's going over. So if I know I'm doing the job, when I cut my promos, I never say I'm going to win. I never say I'm going to go over because if I do that, I will lose all credibility. Joe has done that in every angle. Now, you got to understand, bro. That's on the producers. That's on the producers to, to know, bro, Joe's doing a job. Don't make him keep going out there. I'm going to do this to you. I'm going to do that to you. I'm going to blah, 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 blah. Because when he doesn't and he continues to say it, it doesn't mean anything. And like I said, bro, a lot of that is on the producers and a lot of that is on the writers. But from a professional standpoint – that that was my experience in working with Joe. Okay, fair enough. Uh, interesting. Now, if we could rewind a little more, 
I know you've publicly had your issues with Bruce Pritchard, but I was listening to Bruce Pritchard's podcast, and he did credit you that in 1999, you were the sort of mastermind for pushing Triple H into the main event and giving Triple H uh, his main event run, which uh, apparently Vince McMahon just didn't see Triple H as a main event talent back then. Uh, Is that accurate? Bro, you know what that was all about? And it goes back to this is why I'm telling you, bro, like I'm telling you things based on experience. And like if if, let me put it to you this way, if Kurt, if I was there this past run when Kurt Angle was working and Stephanie was cutting off his balls every week and they're booking him against Baron Corbin, I would have said, are you out of your freaking minds? This is freaking Kurt Angle, guys. Stop with your petty baby bullshit. That's what I would have done. Bro, that's what happened with Triple H. Bro, do you remember the curtain call at Madison Square Garden? Uh, uh, yeah, in okay, 1996. Well, bro, here's what happened. Curtain call happened at Madison Square Garden. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall went to WCW. Sean was the champion, so they weren't going to touch him. So who was going to be the whipping boy? Triple H. And they were going to bury Triple H and they were going to torture Triple H and they were going to humiliate Triple H and they were going to make his life miserable for doing that one thing. And because I was there, I was able to say, like, what are you you guys, children? Like, you know, first of all, bro, nobody believes wrestling is real. So you're getting all upset with this freaking curtain call. I mean, bro, at the time, Bruce Pritchard and Jim Cornette wanted Triple H fired. They wanted him fired. That's how pissed off they were. So, like, now now the guy was in the doghouse, couldn't open his mouth, couldn't say a word. Luckily, I was there, and I was like, will you guys freaking grow up? Like, will you get over it? This guy has talent. This guy has a look. This guy can make the company lucky. I mean, can make the company money. Get over your freaking ego power trip bullshit and and you know let's get behind this guy because this guy could could benefit the company and make a ton of money for the company uh nobody's there to do that for kurt angle bro because i would that's exact i would i would be in vince mcmahon's office saying baron corbin bro like are you out of your this is this is an olympic gold medalist vince you know, put check your ego at the door that he left the company 20 years ago and now we're finally going to get payback and all that bullshit that goes with wrestling. There's nobody there doing that anymore, bro. Uh, and now fast forward 20 years and, and Triple H, he's a chief creative officer married to Stephanie McMahon and, and he's wrestling Batista in a big match at WrestleMania. Do you think Triple H... Uh, is an A-plus player who's good for business and has a right mind to be an executive for WWE. No, because Triple H, bro, now is doing exactly what they did to him. And he's doing it because of ego, bro. Bro, listen, when you're a wrestler, you have an ego. 
And because you have an ego, bro, it's very hard to put you in in management positions because, bro, you're going to have built in feelings towards other wrestlers, you know, and other wrestlers you worked with. You're going to have your favorites, bro, and you're going to have guys that you don't like and you're not going to be able to be subjective and that's going to affect everything. That's why you can't put wrestlers in roles like that. And when I talk about Triple H having an ego, bro, the Batista promo should be an expose of Triple H. Batista should be saying, bro, let's call a spade a spade, a spade a spade. You don't even love your own wife. You've never loved your wife. First of all, you kicked China to the curb and you saw Stephanie as a ticket to the throne. And once you worked her, bro, and once you worked your magic, and once you had her, then you started making your moves. And, you know, you've buried people. You've stepped on people. Look what you've done to Kurt Angle, yada, yada, yada. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm work shooting with that now. But that should have been the freaking promo, bro, not, oh, well, Triple H hired me as, as, as his muscle. And he used me. That's fake wrestling bullshit, bro. But the reason you can't cut that real-to-life promo on Triple H is because his ego won't allow that. So that's the problem, bro. Well, I mean, go out there. You're gonna do fake wrestling. You're gonna be half pregnant. (laughs) Then opposed to shooting with it, working together. And making it a great angle. Well, the thing that weirds me me out about that, and other people have pointed this out, is that, like, you know, Batista beat Triple H, I think, every time. So, like, why why does Batista even need to face Triple H? Well, no, that's the thing. We, we, We don't know that because they haven't told us. I mean, I'm, I'm watching that pro, bro. Give me what I want. No, we're doing it on my terms. Give me what I want. And I'm saying to myself, I, guys, you're not telling me the story here. You, I, I don't understand why Batista is so upset with Triple H. And, bro, I know a lot of that has to do with Batista was trying to get work again in Triple H at, at WWE. And Triple H wasn't returning his calls and blowing him off like he was a piece of shit. Then all of a sudden, Batista makes this movie that makes millions of dollars. Well, bro, tell us that. Don't make us guess. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So that's the problem, bro. We don't know. They don't tell us. They kayfabe us. Bro, why, why, why does Vince McMahon have a stick up his ass when it comes to Kofi Kingston? We we don't – bro, why do you keep running Kofi Kingston through the mill? You're not telling us, bro. So like how – I'm sitting there and I'm saying why is he wrestling 10 people? What is Vince's issue with Kofi Kingston? It's not that he's a he's – oh, you're only a B-plus player. Bro, that's such wrestling bullshit. It's it's stupid. It's juvenile. They're, they're not telling – they're not explaining these stories to us, bro. Well, uh, Vince, your passion is uh, is definitely. I mean, it gets my blood up. So, so I'm definitely excited and pumped now for the rest of the day. So, uh, just last thing uh, before before we end it. Do, um, so you have your, your podcast. Um, you, ha- I know you have a, a Patreon going on. Is there anything you would like? Uh, any plugs or or anything you would like to share? Uh, yeah. Your personal projects that we that we can tell the audience about. 
Yeah, I appreciate that, but I really got three things going on, and it's you know what I've been kind of doing the last five years. Um, you know, I, I have a podcast. You can go to Russo'sBrand.com, bro. I do like ten shows a week for under a dollar a week. Um, I've got on there, you know, wrestlers are on there every week. I do shows with Big Vito Lagrasso, you know, Stevie Richards, you know, Disco Inferno. They're on there every week. We have a different show every day. I'm also on Twitch, bro. You can sign up Twitch. I go on there practically every day and, you know, talk to the wrestling community. Um, that is at twitch.tv forward slash Vince Russo live. And then lastly, I do, you know, a show on Westwood One, Truth With Consequences. Um, and what that really means is my whole career, I've told the truth and there have been consequences. And I don't give a shit because I'm not a worker, I'm not a liar, and I can look myself in the mirror. And that's the most important thing to me. But it's on Westwood One. It drops uh, Tuesday mornings like 3 a.m., uh, truth with consequences and there's a patreon that goes with that and that's patreon.com forward slash russo coon with a k t w c those are the three things i basically concentrate on uh well vince thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to just speak with us for a little bit today and um I hope you have a good i hope it's a good baseball season uh for you best of luck to the sam Francisco Giants, even though the Astros are going to be taking it home again and winning another World Series. So uh, you can't keep a good uh, World Series championship team down, and, and it'll be the Astros' year. So best of I, luck. Yeah, to I mean, they got a good <laughs> shot at Jeff. I appreciate you, you taking the time and having me on the show, man. Uh, but uh, also, I just want to say, it looks like you keep, you're keeping yourself pretty well together at 58. So I, I wouldn't, yeah, call, well, I, I wouldn't I, call you I, a fat slop. Yeah, I didn't know if you were going to put this on video or not, bro, and I literally just got <laughs> back from the gym, and I did not have time to get in the shower, so um, that's why I'm looking Hey, I, I'm younger than you, and I'm, having, and, and I'm having trouble getting up in the morning and getting started with my day, and you're, you're getting up early in the morning, and you're doing cardio, so I, I'd say you're doing pretty good right now, so. Well, I appreciate so that. I mean, it's, I got to force myself to do it, bro, but you got to do it when, you know, the older you get, man. All right, thank you, and uh, and have a good have a good uh, baseball season. Appreciate it, sir. All right, all right, Jeff. Thanks, man. It's great talking to you. Thank you. Bye.